It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Better Faster Podcast. It's the first one of the new year, and today we're joined by Dr. Jeff Moore of the Institute of Clinical Excellence, Ice Physio, and I always refer to Jeff as the Tony Robbins of PT, and I think you'll see why in just a minute. He's a killer. So Jeff, man, I am really excited to dive into this, and I feel like it's been a long time coming, so first off, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, man, I'm doing great, and Brandon, Josh, thank you guys so much for having me on, and thanks for having the podcast rolling. I mean, I've heard from so many people at our courses that they, they tune into the show, it fires them up, it gets them thinking more of a fitness forward approach to rehab. So thanks for everything you guys are doing. I really appreciate it from our end as well. Awesome, dude. Yeah, we appreciate that. I think we've had several of your your, your team members on this. Uh, in hindsight, we probably should have started with you, but it's great that we finally got you on here. So, uh, so Jeff, man, a, a lot of our audience it mainly is comprised of other clinicians, but We've got a lot of students and patients that tune into this, and it would seem, at least from my perspective, that you and your team kind of burst on the scene, it's kind of from out of nowhere. So would you mind telling everyone a little bit about who you are, your background, and maybe what all you're doing these days? Yeah, man, you bet. So um, out of nowhere was 2012. You know, so we, we started back in 2012 um, when I was still back in Michigan and Wisconsin, just doing a few courses kind of around that area. And then over the next handful of years, sort of selectively picking up people that I thought were really forward thinking and really emerging as the years went on to recognizing that the areas that we could probably contribute to the con ed sphere and the physio in general was sort of steering things toward what we now call that PT version 2.0 of, of being fitness forward, you know, manual therapy skilled and psychologically informed and combining those in a way that maybe doesn't have some of the stigmas of the way that we used to practice with all the biomechanical nonsense and some of the things that we're finally shedding. And I think now over the past couple of years, guys, finally getting some clarity on really hitting that sweet spot in developing some value for the profession. Yeah, man, well, I have to say we, um, you know, from a somebody who I found out about kind of what you were doing uh, through through Zach and Mitch, you know, having gotten to know them a little bit, man, and really mainly that fitness athlete division. And, and you know, I was, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised to learn there were so many courses in so many different areas. I actually just went to um, your cervical course in December, which was phenomenal, and I've already mentioned that on here before. But can you kind of give us a rundown of all the different areas in which you guys are kind of leading this charge? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Um, I'll try not to get too lengthy because there's quite a few courses now. But, you know, the way that the, the challenge you've had in the past couple of years as more and more folks have gravitated towards the company for their training and for their professional success was getting it organized in a way that they could follow a track. Because we're never going to have a residency or a fellowship program. It's just not really our style. 
And so what we've done is organized into kind of a certification track where you come out and we've got six core courses and that includes the spine division, which is lumbar and cervical spine management, as well as our total spine thrust manipulation course that Justin Dunaway teaches. And then that is combined with our modern management of older adult, our persistent pain comprehensive management, and our clinical management of the fitness athlete essential foundation. So that's a combination of online and live courses. So we, we run, run both of those in about equal parts. And then what we do is those are our sort of foundational core curriculum classes that we think are really uh, fundamental if you're going to be practicing at that kind of version 2.0 level. And then we have folks specialize. And from there, you can kind of go any direction you want. So a lot of our fitness athlete folks go towards the advanced concepts course that Zach Long and Mitch Babcock teach, um, as, as well as the pregnancy and postpartum course from Christina Previtt. A lot of folks go towards our advanced concepts older adult class. We've got our injured um, runner and professional bike fit for our triathlon PTs. Um, any number of courses once you go into that specialization process. And then what we do is we test everybody once a year on our core curriculum and check off their specialty courses to really try and create and manufacture that next level physical therapist that we hope the future is going to be full of. Awesome, man. Yeah, and you know, I'm thinking back to the, the first ice course I took, and that was back in 2017 when Justin Dunaway, we actually hosted uh, him. He came, and it was the total spine thrust manipulation. It was outstanding, right? And, and Justin and I go back a long ways. You know, I, I think I met him uh, before he started stand. It was uh, actually in Haiti the first time we met. But, um, you know, one of the things that just from my perspective that kind of just, just makes you guys different, you especially, is that you bring a ton of energy, right? And that, it's motivating, and, and that's contagious. And there's several people I've spoken to have shared that sentiment. And you know, what I wanted to ask, and I guess first acknowledge is that it seems that you created a culture of much group of instructors, or at least that's my perception, but we all know perception is reality. And it would seem that everyone kind of prides themselves at being the best at whatever their, their specialty is or niche. And you kind of just listed off those courses. And, you know, you mentioned already fitness is a big part of the culture. And there, there may even be an element of competitiveness, uh, which I think is healthy. So my question is, if I'm correct in my assumption, is this intentional, right? And, and, what I mean by that is, is creating that culture, was that intentional? And if so, you know, as a business owner, as a clinic manager, how does one go about creating that monster? Uh, that's a great question, Brandon. I, I, I'm not going to pretend that I have, you know, the exact answer to that, but I, I can tell you that whatever we have done has been deeply intentional. I would say that that aspect of what I have done in my career has been the most intentional thing, meaning the, the hand selection of individuals to come into the team that I think helps to build and create that vision that, that we're all striving towards. And as far as the how-to, you know, people ask me that quite a bit. And my answer has always been the same. You know, the filter process that I have had is I've looked at every individual that I thought was exceptional, right, in their area. They, they were legitimately thinking further, different, and better than anybody else that I could see around them. That was, that was the starting point. But the actual filter was I tried to select people that I would want my kids to spend a lot of time around. Right, that, it's always been the number one thought. Like, who do I want my kids to spend a ton of time around because I want them to become like those individuals. That was always my number one filter. And I always thought if I could pick those kind of people that I wanted around my children because I looked up to them so much as humans, you get enough of those people in one spot and something good has to come out of that. No, I love that, man. That's like the, I'll call it the babysitter test. Man, I, I haven't heard of that before, man. That's, that's awesome. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy hiring the right no. people. You know, we've, we've been fortunate enough to be in a position to, to do that with our business over the last three years. But, um, you know, I, I do view that as a leadership quality, right? You know, I, I think you don't see it a lot in the books here on the podcast, but 
surrounding yourself with the right people is a, is a huge part of leadership. And, and, you know, I think that's that, that old saying that a rising tide lifts all ships for sure. Yeah. And Brandon, I can't say enough, man, about being slow about it, right? Like we've, we've got to kind of pull back the reins a little bit and, and let people prove themselves to you over and over and over again mm -hmm. in different scenarios under different levels of pressure, right? In novel circumstances, in all of that with a high level of character and integrity. I mean, that should go on. That dating process should be excruciatingly slow because as you know, when you pull the trigger, um, if you're serious about it, I mean, you're committing to something very real that's going to affect the thing that you believe is going to have an impact in everybody's future. So I can't say enough about keeping that rhythm and that pace slower than you wish it had to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're representing you, they're representing your brand and the profession and everything. So that, that's huge. And I guess for us, uh, a lot of that comes via them being students, clinical rotations. I mean, that's how we sort of met Josh and Corey. I know you met both of those, um, both of them recently at the last course, um, that Lombard course in Asheville. And, um, you know, they were great to get to spend 12 weeks with us, but, um, yeah, it, it can be tricky. And I guess that is probably a good segue though, into talking a little about mentorship, right? So one of our, our other people that uh, is Amy DePelto, I think you'll go back a long way. Yeah, she's yeah. Spoken, yeah. She's always spoken so highly of you said you've been a mentor for a long time. And you know, I, I know between everything you do with ice physio, are, are you still with EIM as well? So I still help mentoring EIM's fellows. I still teach their yeah. evidence in motion FAWI, and we still do Manipalooza. So I'm still um, blessed to have a, a, a role in that organization as well. Absolutely. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, so between Ice Physio, EIM, I mean, I know you've been a positive influence on probably thousands of people by now over the years, right? Which is, which has got to be pretty freaking awesome, right? So who, who's been some of your, your mentors and some of your influences along the way? Gosh, Brandon, there's been... A, a real key handful of individuals over the years. I mean, one of them has been Tim Flynn, who I currently do a lot with. So I'm full-time faculty at South College. So I, I'm down at Knoxville quite often. And then we teach those sync sessions online. So Tim and I both live in Fort Collins, Colorado here. And I work with Colorado in Motion here in the area that Tim um, and his, Sue, uh, his wife, Sue, and partners own, um, Terry and Brenda. And so I'm still organized here with them there. I'm also there at South College. But Tim has really been someone that over the years, through Evidence in Motion, through, um, through the whole fellowship program, my early teaching experience here in the clinic, like at, down at South College, has been just kind of that constant guiding voice. And right next to him has been Julie Whitman. So Julie, again, in the Evidence in Motion group, it's someone who both her and her husband, Bernie, um, have been massively positive influences on the entire shape of my career. And, and to, go, to be fully honest, the entire shape of my marital relationship, on um, the way that I parent my children, like, I mean, these are folks who every time I walk away, I'm shaking my head saying, I know that I should do better and I know that I can do better in all aspects of my life. And they have really been navigational buoys in lighthouses for me along the journey. Wow, that's deep. It's like life coaching there. <laughs> yeah, man. I really feel that way. Like, I mean, I, Julie came out to Rising Tide and we hiked uh, in, in the mountains over there, over east in New Hampshire. And it's like, dude, it was like that, man. It, it is that deep of life coaching. But, you know, we're blessed to have a few of those folks in our lives. And I, I hope everyone is open enough to, to have those relationships with people where they do guide you, you know, spiritually, professionally, personally. Like, you got to let those people in. I think oh, yeah. sometimes we get so proud of where we're trying to go and how much we have figured out. Drop all that, open yourself up, find kind people and let them steer your ship a little bit. I think we underestimate the role of that in our lives. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. It's, it's invaluable. And, and they also, I mean, they keep you from making mistakes, right? They save you, save you time, save you money. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I have to, I have to, of course, give my, my, you know, Brandon and and Jim a shout out. Are my business partners for almost doing some of that for me too, man. And I think mm-hmm. you're, you're exactly right in, in finding those individuals that can, that can, are not just going to help you from a clinical perspective, but kind of have a lot of their own crap together that are going to be able to help you uh, along the way in, in many, many different areas. I know I asked Brandon probably a, a, a personal finance question probably every other day or, or something <laughs> along those lines too, man. So, uh, you know, that's awesome that you've, been, you've been able to have those in your life and and, you know I can't I second that completely dude Josh I love you say that man because a lot of it a lot of what they bring is calm isn't it like they've been there before so when you're freaking out whether it's in your marriage with your kids you're frustrated in your profession things aren't moving something went wrong like they bring that that what I like to call that that voice of reason in a moment of panic that I think we bring to a lot of our patients when they're having a hard Mm -hmm. go they bring that to your life and I mean the the positive influence of that cannot be overstated yeah, no, that's, that's I love that band and and uh, you know I want to kind of you know use kind of what you mentioned there as you segue through a little bit there you mentioned South College a little bit and that's something we hadn't talked about yet um, and South College is, is such a unique setup and, and it's almost a, like revolutionary in the way that y'all are going about PT education so uh, I would love if you could since we do have a fair number of people who either are students who are actually uh, you know trying to become PT students or working towards that can you talk a little bit about how you know South College works and how it's a little bit different than maybe the traditional brick and mortar PT system? Yeah, yeah, you bet. So I think the first big difference is that it's accelerated. So the entire program is two years long. And the end of that program can be a six month terminal internship, which you can spend all in one location if you have a really good fit that makes sense for all parties and you're seeing the right kind of patients. So it's a, it's a two-year program, and we run it through sync sessions, right? So it's a flipped classroom model. So like tomorrow, for example, I'll be teaching the class in real time online from right here in Colorado. So they'll all be live. They can raise their hand. I can see them. We can put them in small groups. Like It is just like being in a classroom. And so we do all of our didactic teaching this way. And then in February, the courses they're in right now, we will fly down, all the faculty will fly in, all the students will fly into Knoxville, Tennessee, and we'll spend 14 or 15 days there going over all the lab components of the courses that we give the didactic work via flipped classroom model. So we basically run that rhythm for the first year and a half, and then they finish off with that terminal six-month internship. That's awesome. No, that's awesome. That, I love. I mean, from somebody who just finished PT school, the idea that it could have been two years instead of three, man, I'm looking back like, oh man, uh, no. But so, so I guess you know, I, you know, to just to spark a conversation, almost play a little devil's advocate. Do you find that you get enough hands-on time with everybody, and then do you find that um, being that's accelerated, that you feel like you there's adequate time to really cover everything that you, you need to get to? Yeah. So the best way I can answer that is in a it's hard, right? Like, what's your criteria going to be for that? Like, are we going to use standardized test scores? Are we going to use patient interview or student interview? The number one criteria that I use to, to kind of be a navigational beacon for that is what clinical instructors say about our students. And right. all I can tell you is unanimously, the number one question I get probably over the past six months of my professional life is, how can I get more of your students? Right. So every day in my email inbox is full of like, can we get them out here for a rotation? Because we're so incredibly impressed with how prepared they are coming in, doing a quality subjective, doing a good background, doing a body chart, doing differential diagnosis. Their hand skills are on point. Like RCI is saying that these individuals are incredibly well prepared when they walk into real life practice. To me, that's the best beacon. And that seems to be coming up roses. Yeah, I've got the opportunity to work with a couple of graduates of South College, man, and y'all do seem to put out a top-notch product, but I got to imagine, though, that just because people are 
typically going to be resistant to change by, by instinct. Um, did y'all, did y'all catch any resistance just because the concept is, is so different for that program to be accelerated like that? Yeah. I mean, we still do, you know, it's, it's yeah. probably a better question for John Childs who has spearheaded so much of this through EIM, but having talked with John and been there on the early formative stages, there was a tremendous amount of pushback, you know, and it's not ill intentioned pushback. Like it's just, Hey, can it be done well? And it's actual mm-hmm. concern about the students. I mean, it's not out of malice. It's about quality control. And we totally appreciate that. I think what we're seeing is as these two year programs expand, I'm sure most folks know there's now one at Baylor um, there's a couple others that are rolling out. So as they're coming out, we're getting more data that it can be done this way. And there might be a way to make it more cost effective and to be a high quality option for a lot of people. I think one thing that's misunderstood is we're not trying to replace a three-year model. We're just saying options are generally good for access. You know, and if this model works for a good number of folks, wonderful. Let's make sure it's available. Yeah, we, it, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, we, we got to evolve. And I mean, gosh, we were seeing all this stuff coming out with, with CMS, with Medicare, about cut reimbursement, that kind of thing, too. So I know tuition, tuition costs isn't going down, right? But salaries might be going down. So we got to keep that in mind as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brandon, when I first, when John and I first started talking about this, you know, this is years ago now, when, when South was just in its infancy and conceptual phases, I remember thinking like, you only have a couple moments in your career where you're like, I need to be a part of that. But like through, through hell or high water, that's a need because I was recognizing at that point that students were coming out in such a situation with their debt that they were making career decisions that were malaligned with their passion because they were so afraid about their debt load and understandably, I mean, everyone's trying to keep the lights on in their personal life. Like I totally get it. But the fact that we were losing passionate people away from doing what they love because they were concerned about that. I thought, man, if I could have any small role in creating another option that might chip away at that, I need to be a part. So, so right away I knew that's where I had to spend some of my career. Yeah, it's also you know, really cool too with the, with that setup too. You can your faculty and and who you can get to be a part of that team. It, you have so much uh, you know more you know more options because now you're not limited geographically nearly as much. So I know you guys have you know I look at like that list of faculty of people that are, that are teaching courses at, you know through South College. You know, it's impressive, man. It's uh, you know y'all have a, a team in there that uh, of some some big name PTs uh, you know in the the PT world. Josh, I think I, re- I think I recall a couple of years ago, looking down during cervical manipulation lab and seeing Louis Plantadura with his hands over this, this student's hands who were on his partner's neck. Tim Flynn and Cheryl Sparks observing and giving pointed feedback and me thinking, what in the hell is happening here? <laughs> you know, how did yep. this come to fruition? So yeah, it's been incredible. I mean, you can imagine how much of, how many of us are just geeked to work alongside these folks, you know? Right. No, that's, all, that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, I know from a, a tuition perspective too. I, I honestly, I did not even realize it was an option going through uh, through the application process, at least not early enough too. So, I, you know, hopefully this will at least spark some interest among those that are that are still out there looking. Um, you know, again, I, you know, again, I love my opportunity to be at, at USC and 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 meet the people I've been able to meet. But it is yeah. definitely cool to have options. And I think you're right. I mean, it only makes everyone better when there are options, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's it's definitely not a bad thing to have. Uh, you know, to have this type of program available. So, Jeff, speaking of evolving, right, doing things different, you know, I listened to one of your re- recent episodes on PT on Ice Daily Show, and I, I think it was episode 595. That, that's a ton, by the way. That's, you know, literally do that every day. Um, and this one's titled, If Not Now, When? And I really enjoyed that one. And you brought up this, this concept, this idea of physio rebrand, rebranding the physical therapy profession. 
And there's, there's a couple of bullet points, a couple of topics that I wanted to ask about with that episode. And the first one is that you discussed addressing lifestyle factors, right? Sleep, nutrition, stress management. And I feel like this is something that we, or, or at least I've had to seek a ton of outside resources over the years between like books, podcasts, content, whatever, because it very much falls outside of the formal education system, at least for what I got in PT school. Uh, I know you guys address in your courses. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And, and also, you know, for someone who, who maybe doesn't address these things or, you know, Lord knows we can all get better at it. Sure. Where do we start with this? You know, what, what resources would you recommend? So the number one thing I recommend, Brandon, early on, because I think it's often a barrier to action, is just keeping it simple and focused at the entry point. Right. So, so you don't have to cover every single lifestyle behavior in the world. It's probably not even appropriate to a most patient presentations, but I do think there's certain areas that have gotten to a point kind of research robustness wise that are at this point, no longer optional. Right. And those should include sleep, nutrition, and stress levels. Like I can't imagine somebody coming in who's experiencing musculoskeletal pain and let alone persistent or recurrent in not having conversations along those general health factors. So I think just keeping it super simple, Brandon, and saying, how are you sleeping? I mean, we know that subjectively the question of, do you feel fully awake 30 minutes after you first rise without the aid of caffeine? Or are you still feeling sluggish? And we know that that question correlates fairly well to persistent pain levels. So somebody who's not feeling awake after 30 minutes or an hour and requires a massive amount of caffeine to get on with the day, like that's someone we've got to seriously consider that sleep is changing their pain processing. And that might be a huge part of why they're having issues all over their body. Number two is nutrition. There's no reason we can't say simple things like, could you start getting some of this nonsense out of your diet, namely processed sugar? Like we don't, I don't think we have a lot of people who are going to stand up and say, no, man, people should drink a lot more Cokes. Like that's going to help a lot of people. Like no one's going to say that. Like getting rid of processed sugar seems to help folks have a little bit less inflammation and less pain and higher energy levels. And finally, how stressed are you? Are you sympathetically fried? You know, because we know that playing the autonomic nervous system is a huge role, especially in ongoing symptoms. Do you have headspace on board? Do you have calm app? Do you have some things to get parasympathetic spikes during your waking hours so you can have more balance in your existence? I mean, those three things right there and those questions can be done with no additional training and should be done, in my opinion. Dude, 30, 30 minutes without caffeine, that sounds like hell. I, I, got, never, I, got, I, I got a problem, man. I'd never do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, man. No, man, no, but it's, yeah, no, you're right, though. I mean, those, those, those three points right there, I mean, it almost seems like low-hanging fruit. And that's something that if a person can improve even just some aspects of that, it's pretty much guaranteed they're going to get better in some way. I mean, that's always like the underlying thing. And I know Josh – when I met Josh, it was several years ago. I actually was one of his clients before he got into physical therapy school. And that was one of the very first things we talked about. You know, it's straight addition client. Before we got even into lifting or assessing that kind of stuff, too, we talked about this kind of stuff because it is so important. I mean, it's, it's like the foundation. It sets the stage for everything else. And, and I, I think it's great. I think it's great that you guys are pushing this um, for all of us to, to make sure we're incorporating the profession and, and keeping everyone accountable for that. Yeah. And, and Brandon, as far as bringing the conversation up, a lot of folks say, Jeff, it's a hard thing to bring up because folks aren't expecting it. And I can appreciate that. Like they're coming in thinking they're going to stretch their hip flexors. Like that's their perception of physical therapy. I totally understand that. But I think after the eval, every one of us needs to say to the patient, hey, so we're going to go about helping you. And we're going to mm-hmm. do that by addressing your general health and your specific health. Your specific mm-hmm. health is that area in the shoulder you're having a hard go, but there's no way that's going to get better if your general health is terrible right? Bringing specific attention to an absolute mess of a system isn't going to move anybody forward. 
So we need to walk both paths. We always do, right? And we'll show you how to do that along the next couple of weeks. And just make it, hey, this is what everybody does. We make sure your general health is dialed in so we can leverage your specific areas of issue. So I think those kind of conversations need to be had in PT clinics every day around the country. Totally agree. And speaking of, well, you, you, didn't, you mentioned apps, you didn't mention metrics, but I know you guys put out a lot of content on heart rate variability, HRV. Yeah. You, you'll try to have some kind of discount code for what? Yeah, man. Some- yeah, yeah. So uh, Ice Physio, I can't remember what it gets you. I, I'm not sure if it gets you a month off or what Alan wheel and deal. We get nothing out of it. So it's not an affiliate code. Um, we don't get any kickback. We rolled it all back into the discount. But I think that the promo code Ice Physio for the Whoop Strap um, gets you some sort of significant code. So everyone feel free to fire that in there if that makes it more approachable for you or your patients. Man, I was so I was so close to getting one, but I ended up going with the uh, the Apple Watch Series Three. It, it does HRV as well too. But the, the reason why is because uh, a couple of our therapists have them. Uh, Pat Casey has one, and like the running joke in the clinic has been like, Pat, what time is it? And he can't say it doesn't have an interface, right? So that was kind of the the selling point for me. But but I think um I think the whoop though does go a little more in depth um with with taking those metrics as well too so i mean all good there's a lot of options out there i've heard the apple watch is fantastic i mean there's a million of them man i mean tim flynn wears the aura ring he loves that because he doesn't like wearing things around his wrist so he loves tracking that for his sleep i mean there's so hrv4 in in the morning you can get to track your your heart rate variability how have you found the apple watch to be for sleep have you felt like it's pretty consistent and do you feel like it really pairs how you feel subjectively have you been happy with that component Man, I, like I said, I, I, I will actually, I said before we started the podcast, I got a six month old that's nursing. So <laughs> I'm getting up, I'm getting up between like three and five times a night and have been for like the past. It, it, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's very good for me to measure that right now. I still Fair do enough. it, but, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm thinking of a very, uh, I'm an outlier basically right now. Yeah. I'll let you know, I'll let you know in another, in a year from now, maybe. I'll stay tuned. Perfect. <laughs> um, so, all right. So still on the same topic, right? The, the other one, and, and this one is compelling. It's, it's topic of telehealth, right? So you talked about this for a while. And I know we, we've actually been touring around this idea for a couple of years. And so I, I'm, I'm torn, right? So, so personally, I, I recognize that it's 2020. And, you know, people expect convenience. And we got to evolve and become extinct. It's crazy to think how far technology's come in such a short amount of time. I mean, I've seen like pretty soon Amazon's gonna be dropping all packages at your door via drones, so, and, you yeah. know, and, and the other part of me, and this is like the, the okay boomer part. So the boomer in me asks, you know, is this really what people want? Can I provide a really good service and not some bastardized version of physical therapy if I can't actually get my hands on them? You know, I can't use body language or eye contact to my advantage. So I guess my question is, is telehealth really the way of the future? And, and can I actually use it to deliver a high quality product? Yeah, it's a great, those are, those are legitimate concerns and it's a great question. And I think the big thing is we've got to look back at how we're framing this. It kind of goes back to our conversation about the two-year DPT, right? Is it going to, is it the future of DPT education? I sure hope not. I sure hope the future is a wide variety of options that each individual can access in a way that makes the most sense for them. That's how we've got to look at telehealth. There are so many people who can't get to a clinic on a massive snow day. I mean, I'm from, I'm from Upper Peninsula, Michigan, but even here, we had to close all the Colorado in motion clinics a few weeks ago, every single one of them, because the snow was so intense. How many people couldn't access their physio that day who had questions about programming or an upcoming race or a half marathon, and you couldn't get that information to them and shoot a video of an exercise and dial it over to them? How many people couldn't access their physio? How many times has somebody moved away from an area where they were a trusted provider and had a bunch of great relationships, and now they can't access those people who have come to depend upon that trusted relationship? 
How many people are in rural areas who can't get into a clinic because they depend on public transportation, but want to get that message of resilience and robustness and movement optimism? I could go on and on and on of all the different reasons that this should be another way to access what is our incredibly valuable message. And it should be convenient and it should be early. This is finally our way to get to folks who are in that moment of panic when their back quote unquote goes out and they think of us and ring us up real quick and we can talk them through it. No radiating symptoms, no neurological signs, keep them moving, bit of breathing, calm things down, ramp up sleep, get off the cokes, and in a few days they're feeling great. That's our ability to get to them with that voice of reason in the moment of panic. Before they start Googling and see all those sidebar quote unquote options that somebody pays for to be on the sidebar mm -hmm. next to those Google key search inquiry items, right? It is our way to access another part of the population. And I think if you believe in your message enough, your number one priority should be how many ways can I get it to people? And I want to fill every single one of those. It would be crazy to ignore this one. Now, that being said, I think there's a fairly strong argument for at least considering having an arm of your telehealth practice, never replacing what you do, but having it available and being in that space. Is it going to replace getting your mitts on somebody, right? And being able to get in there and change their symptoms and have them see that and reassess and feel the end feels and feel that qualitative nature of the barrier change. Dude, I think no way, right? But could you get to somebody early on? Give them that message. Get them to buy in. They don't need someone slicing and dicing them open. Get them 25 or 40% better by them understanding their pain and then funnel them towards a high quality manual therapy incorporating clinic in their region of somebody you vetted so they stay in the nest and don't get nonsense care. Absolutely. So I'm sorry that was long-winded, but I think we've we got to always be thinking and and never more so than with telehealth. No, I, I, I love it. And I, I agree with all those points, Jeff. I mean, I think... I think it's inevitable that it's going to go that way. I mean, we're seeing that with, you know, primary care practices as well too, all over the place. Um, and I, so I guess you, you guys do have, it's, it's new, right? You guys do have a telehealth course as well. You might've mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So, so a lot of my life is telehealth right now. So well, first yeah. of all, my school's kind of like that, you know, with the sync right. sessions, but so I'm a partner at Onward Physio. So Onward Physical Therapy is a branch of clinics that are all cash-based out of network that myself, Zach Long, and Jordan Berry own. So they have the one in Charlotte. We just opened the one up in Wyoming. We have two more locations coming in the next three months. But we have, if you go to onwardphysio.com, we have all the states right now that we're offering telehealth evals and treatments through. So that is the primary way that I'm engaging with patients because I want to see if I can blow open the space. Number one, I want to challenge myself. And dude, it's, it is a nightmare. Like not being able to touch that hip and feel that it feels like a fur, it, it drives you insane. But the cool thing about it is there's no passive option. You and that patient need to figure out how they can load themselves to make themselves feel better because the passive option isn't on the table. So there's some real pros in that space. And I'm trying to figure out through hopefully some real trials and tribulations, if I can make a play and then help our profession um, open up another, another stream, not only for their business, but to access people with this message. Oh yeah. And I imagine that's going to force you to get way better with verbal communication, coaching, that kind of thing. You don't have a choice, right? Um, so I know, so onward, um, and we know, we know Zach and Jordan, love those guys, um, had Zach on the podcast. Josh did his clinic rotation with Zach. Um, they're cash-based, right? So from what I understand, a clinic like ours that does accept insurance, if, if we had a patient who was in network with like Blue Cross Blue Shield or South Carolina, for example, uh, would, or do you know if we're able to bill that? Or I, I guess I would be state to state, but for what I've been seeing, I think it's a cash service, but I'm not 100% on that. 
as, as far as telehealth, you mean? Yeah, as far as telehealth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I totally, I got so excited a minute ago. I totally uh, spaced your actual question. We do have a course um, through Ice Physio. So Rob <laughs> Vining, who's been doing telehealth now for the better part of 15 years, um, has an eight-week online course that goes through, and, and Brandon, you've got to see this thing. It goes through yeah. every single legal thing you, you're ever going to want to see and a lot more about telehealth, how it works. So the question you're asking is, is a nuanced one because it comes down right. to parity state laws. So a lot, right. of, a lot of states have parity laws where they, they are obligated, insurance providers are obligated to reimburse telehealth visits at the same reasonable rate that they would reimburse a similar or like service in person. So you've, you've got to go, and Rob walks you through all of this, like what kind of a state you're in, whether or not you can accept insurance. Medicare is still a no, by the way, but if you didn't see the connect legislation going through, that could change in the very near future. So we're, we're tracking that closely. So to, uh, Medicare is a no uh, third party insurance varies. And obviously for out of network or cash base, it's wide open. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it is so compelling. I, I think, I think before it's all said and done, we'll probably start experimenting with, experimenting with it really soon, probably by the end of the year. I hope so. Um, just give it a shot, see how it goes. So, all right. So last part, last part about this, this podcast you did. I mean, it was, it was good, man. It was solid. It got me pumped. Um, this is, this is going to be the Tony Robbins part here. So you mentioned that it's time to, it's time to look different, act different, do different. Right. This was, this was the, I think one of the biggest part about rebranding the profession. Would, would you mind tell us a little more about what, what you meant by all that? Yeah, man. I mean, I think that statement needs to be embraced by everyone. It kind of goes back to that. I mean, if you want to, if you want to get something different, you've got to do something different, right? If you do it the same, you're going to get what you've always gotten. Like we have to embrace that our role in society and our position as a profession is nowhere near what it was a couple of decades ago. The way that we engage with our patients. I mean, listen, we're talking about, right? Accessing folks via telehealth all across the country and leveraging the PT compact. When they come in, leveraging lifestyle behaviors and looking at general and specific health, I mean, these are simply not things that we did 20 years ago. Every state having some level of direct access, even now coming through in text with varying levels depending upon your training, like our ability to get after people, to access them, and when they do come in, to manage them in a very different fitness-forward, psychologically informed way is nowhere near what it was 20 years ago. Yet we still look the same, dude. Right? And I'm, I'm saying this from a lot of experience of hitting up clinics all over the country every year. We are still a largely a new step TheraBand and pulley system clinic, right? And we've, we've got to get away from that feel and turn that into a, a, a bike clinic kettlebell squat rack. Like we've got to have folks walking in feeling like, man, you walk out of here strong. Like you walk out of here moving things that matter. And when you create that kind of perception, somebody at the onset, it takes them to that finish line. But when they walk in and think that getting their pain down is the goal, dude, getting your pain down is the starting point. Getting heavy things over your head is the goal, right? So, so you got to understand we're in a different spot now, but if we don't look that way, we don't act that way, we're not going to do anything different than we've done 20 years ago. We're considering the different access levels we have, the different technologies that we have, the different information we have. That's a crying damn shame. Say it again louder for people in the back. That dude, dude, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's so good to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll take that a step further too, because I also feel like that if you actually paid attention in school and, and you learned how much load it takes to create adaptation, or, or maybe you just took a refresher on a con ed course recently, at some point you're going to have to look within yourself and make a moral decision. You know, am I going to waste people's time on a UBE and collect a paycheck or am I going to actually put some effort into my job and do whatever it takes to get this person firing all cylinders, get them better. Dude, sing it. 
And I mean, I love the fact that you, you call a spade a spade. There's an ethical decision here. I mean, if you have competing interventions that both have a relatively similar ability across research to reduce someone's pain, don't you have an obligation to leverage the intervention that gives them the most multi-system enduring benefits? Don't you have the responsibility to choose progressive strengthening for the cardiometabolic effects that we know are seen long-term? for the effects of moving heavy things across depression, for the effects across mortality. How can you choose yellow TheraBand when that's on the line? I love that, man. Yeah, no, I love that, man. I love that's what, uh, it, I mean, that's what is preached so much in the, when I took the, the clinical management fitness athletes. Like, man, it's like, no one's dying from mechanical shoulder pain right now, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so there's, there's so much else on board that we've got to work with. And we, we really are the people to do it. And, and it's a, a shame that I feel like we haven't grasped that, that we are the people to do it. So uh, it's fun to, to kind of see, you know, where y'all are taking this and how many people you're mm -hmm. influencing. And, and dude, I think, I love that you like, grasp that we are the right people to do it. Like, I hope that folks who are listening to the show, and this is not against other providers not having great skill sets. I'm not as familiar with what every profession does. What I do know is that done right, we can engage with people on convenient mediums directly, bring them into our clinics, talk about their lifestyle behaviors, affect their general health and overall systemic processing that will have innumerable positive, positive effects on their, on their existence go from there and dramatically and immediately reduce their pain by using, using neurophysiological impulses, spinal thrust manipulation, hands-on techniques, instrumented soft tissue, getting them moving in passive ranges, immediately bring down those symptoms. Shift them right away towards a progressive loading program that changes their life across multiple different avenues and discharge them a completely different human being. That is what we do as a profession. The day that we realize that and embody that, there's no stopping us. Man, that's, that's awesome. that, it gets, man, it's getting, already getting me fired yeah. up too, man. I got, and I got to be honest, like I love, I, I just want to point this out. I feel like, um, you know, I love your energy, but I was so impressed on day two, the last lecture of this, of this course where, I mean, I'm already starting to drag a little bit. I mean, it's been a long weekend and man, the same energy, their whole thing. So I love just the passion that you bring to all of this, man. I think that is also like Brand said, it really does make, it makes me and it makes everyone else just want to be a better version of ourselves and be a better PT and just see how many people we can affect, man. So this, I love, I love it. Appreciate that, man. I love this stuff. People often ask, you know, where the, where the passion comes from, but I legitimately believe in what we're doing. I really think our message, our skill sets are so needed. I mean, I'm watching our country really struggle. I'm watching a lot of sympathetically fried folks who are operating around their one rep max all day. I just see a bunch of time bombs, man. And the problem is they're not able to thrive in the way they want to. They can't be the spouse they want to be, the employee they want to be, the father or the mother they want to be. They're literally not living out their life's purpose. And we have the ability to engage and change that. And if that doesn't fire you up and give you a bit of energy throughout your career, I don't know what it would take. No, man, I love, I love it too. I love it. Um, but yeah, um, I kind of do want to, um, just to, to pick your brain on another topic. This is changing gears a little bit. Um, but I want to get into, so I went, we went through the, um, the cervical spine course, man, um, which again, as I mentioned, phenomenal. Um, and 
one of uh, the things that we talked about during it um, was this process of, um, you know, actually changing how we do the, the interview and changing how we do our subjective in the beginning and how we go about it. And you've got such a unique way of going about it. And I mean, it's changed how I do things already. And I went through an, an eval uh, on Friday that Brandon set in with me too. And, and, and so uh, hopefully Brandon can Crushed give me it. a decent grade. Hope he can give me a decent grade on how I did with it, man. Um, but uh, I, I kind of want to, you know, if possible, if you could dive into a little bit to that, I know that's a long lecture. I don't want to take too much, but um I was hoping that maybe you could talk about why it's so important to get the idea of what the, you know, the person's symptoms really are and where they are and how they're acting and why having that before you kind of go down the next road, why is that so important? Dude, I am, I am obsessed with this objective exam. And I, I'm, I'm thrilled you pulled that away from the class because if there's one thing I've thought more about in the past three years than anything, it's been how we organize and execute our subjective exam. Because I... I you know, watching so many clinicians, I'm in a unique spot because I'm training a lot of folks entry level, but then I'm also mentoring a lot of folks who are trying to get their fellowship credentials. So I get to just, I get to see a lot of physical therapy happen and I get to observe and study that, which is, is kind of a unique thing because it allows me to correlate clinical behaviors to effectual outcomes. And one thing I saw over and over again was that the better somebody got, meaning consistent outcomes over time the longer their subjective exam was and the shorter their physical exam was. It seemed like they were just going into the physical exam and clearing up a couple of questions and moving on. Whereas when I watched the novice, I would see the exact opposite. I would see a relatively rushed subjective and then every special test known to man happen over the next 30 minutes that usually made the patient sore and the clinician confused. That was generally what I saw out of novice practice in this, this, this very, very distinct separation absolutely engaged me and from that point i've been studying if that's where the magic happens if the experts spend more time there and there's more value there what is the value and how do we architect it and so i think just to answer your question about what's in there that's so important my answer is kind of everything like number one all of the motivational interviewing surrounding their goals and what brings them to your clinic is in there what their functional asterisk signs that are they're actually missing out on life in because of what's going on musculoskeletal-wise, they perceive is in there. What their irritability is, is in there. How long it takes things to come on and settle. Everything about how you're going to speak to them and manage them physically and verbally during the rest of your exam and treatment is all in there. Like, I began to realize, oh, everything is in here. And so then it was a matter of, you know, studying a lot of the Maitland work and a lot of the fellowship work, in, in, not just EIM, but, but Kaiser's program as well, and talking with other clinicians about understanding that if you can get that symptom behavior early, First of all, most people are in your clinic to have you change your symptom behavior. I realize there are plenty of people doing performance therapy. There's lots of other reasons. There's work comps. There's a lot of other stuff. But the majority of us, I'm assuming who are listening, the people are in your clinic primarily because they have symptom behavior, maladaptive affecting their life, and they want you to change it. Wouldn't it behoove you then, as the provider, to have the most comprehensive understanding of that symptom behavior of any provider they have ever engaged with. Wouldn't that right away have them thinking, wow, this is different. Wouldn't that have them saying things like, and I know it will because they say it in droves, you know, nobody has ever went into this kind of detail before. Nobody's ever asked me about all of my symptoms, which is shocking because how in the world are you going to understand that someone's centrally dominant and so you realize they have symptoms all over their body. And they're now saying you're the first person 
who's ever really fully understood all of my symptoms. Can you appreciate the therapeutic value in that? So just that moment right there, I think for that reason, it should be prioritized because what comes first gets done best. So if we front load that, we can knock that out of the park. And then from that, we create our initial hypotheses. And the earlier that we do that, the longer we have to test it. And that's how you actually set yourself up. And the next part is more, is more lengthy, Josh, as you know from the course. Mm-hmm. But then now challenging those initial hypotheses over the rest of the exam, you have more room to do so, less redundancy and more efficacy. Yeah, I mean, I, the overall, I mean, I loved, of course, I went there, you know, hoping to, you know, improve a lot of my techniques around manipulation, about mobilization, about understanding the literature a little bit better, and, and some processes for treating some of these, these common pathologies and things. But I feel like of all of it, arguably, the, the, the biggest nugget I took away was that process, because like you mentioned, it does, it sets you up for such a, a, a more streamlined approach. And it really is the kind of, uh, you know, the opposite of how I, I think I originally learned it, you know, every, you know, they preach so much, you know, therapeutic allowance, alliance and, and try to create this relationship. So it was a lot of, you know, basically fluff, arguably at the, at the start. And, and, you know, I, you know, we're taught that that's so important to create that relationship, but I feel like it's still so possible. Cause like you mentioned, you are now having a grasp that, uh, of their, of what they're coming in for that no one else ever has. And, and like you mentioned, if that's not creating that alliance there. Then, then I don't know what is. Dude, 100%. I promise you, you're going to get a bunch of emails because it's a story of my life of people saying, you can't do it that way. And Josh, as you know, you kind of have to hear the whole story in the class to fully understand why it works. But I will say this, been doing it for a lot of years now. That way, I've never yet had someone trial that method and ever return to the previous way of doing things, ever. And I've talked to so many people at so many classes because once you do it that way and you go to do it the other way, you're sitting there squirming in your seat. Like, why am I listening? I have no idea what I'm looking for. And once you realize it's been that way your whole career, it, it, at first it's kind of disheartening because <laughs> it's been that way your whole career. But the second thought is, oh my gosh, I'm about to get so much better. Yeah, no, it was phenomenal, man. That's what, I mean, you know, even I, I know that I, that is, uh, you know, something that I think um, is going to be so new for people, but man, I hope that they get some exposure to to that lecture specifically and, and to be able to try that model. Cause I know it, it's already helped me in my very, very short practice here of being able to already organize my thoughts um, a, a lot easier. Uh, so I feel a little, a little more confident already early on. So, uh, you know, I'm pumped to, to grow with, with using that model. Josh, I, I had a, a clinician, um, a gentleman, probably 25 years into his practice, come up to me a few weeks ago after that first lecture that you're talking about, what's actually kind of the first and second lecture together, but come up and say, I've never simultaneously loved and hated somebody more in my life. <laughs> it was, he was like, dude, I've been doing that, but it's irrefutable. Like now that you're saying that, like, I can't believe, you know, 25 years in and we had a great conversation, but I've gotten a lot of that over the years about that topic in particular. Yeah, I was yes. say, oh, oh, go ahead, Gabriel. You're gonna go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was gonna say like that. You know, that arguably was my was probably my favorite part. But then, you know, the the next favorite part that I enjoyed. And I'm sure this is part of probably every course that y'all go into is like this wasn't the the management of the fitness athlete course, but we went into interval training and things like that within the you know a C spine course, which is something that I feel like is probably that's probably the only place that's ever done you know done in the country or anywhere around the world is where that's talked about in that same setting. And and so it was it was so much fun to go into that and see like how how that is so beneficial and focusing more on that general health just reiterating it and seeing it kind of within that model that was uh that was a lot of fun too that was probably my second favorite part 
That's awesome, man. And you can imagine that as far as the company structure standpoint, that's been one of our, our greatest opportunities, but also one of our biggest challenges is how much do you blend, right? So, I mean, we have an entire clinical management of the fitness athlete division that teaches all of that, like in great detail. So we try to sprinkle enough of that into all of our other courses that if you don't get a chance to knock out CMFA, you're not getting zero, but you also understand how much value is there. And likewise, in the CMFA division, they sprinkle in a bit of that process that you and I were just talking about mm -hmm. to make sure that you know, those who are attending get enough to work with, but also realize, hey, there's so much more here if you want to grow in all areas, not just one. Yep. Yeah, and then just to kind of go back to that last topic you were discussing, uh, the certain behavior model. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't actually seen you speak in person, Jeff, but I've been subscribing to Virtual Ice, I think, since the very beginning, and I've, I've seen you do that lecture a couple of times, and it's, it's been great, man. It's been huge uh, in my practice as well, too, and. Um, you know, it definitely sets the stage for the rest of the course of care. And, you know, I was just, I was just trying to like, before we did this podcast, I was trying to just kind of like sum up, like just what, what I feel kind of makes you guys different, you know, cause I've been, I'm, I'm getting kind of old. I've been doing this about 10 years now and seeing a lot of different things, but I feel like, I feel like one of the things that you guys sell is, is confidence, right? And, and it's hard, it's hard to define that. But, but what I mean is that just a lot of the information that you and your team teach, well, yes, a lot of it is brand new to people depending on their backgrounds and whatnot, but it's the fine tuning of the details, it's the framing of conversations and, and treatments. You know, I, I think that's at least what resonates with me more. And, you know, just, just mastering the fundamentals and you walk away with a ton of confidence that you're going to nail this, this exam technique, the subject examination, whatever. And, uh, and patients pick up on that. And, and again, that's just going to significantly affect the course of care. Dude, I really appreciate you saying that. I think part of the reason that might be perceived is that so much of what we teach has been built out of reductionism, out of, you know, early on in my career being so incredibly ineffective in the clinic, you know, and I'll never forget, and I'll share this podcast with her, but Amy Pakula, one of my best friends to date, um, came out of the Kaiser Fellowship Program, and she worked alongside me um, at Excel Physical Therapy in Bozeman, Montana, my first three and a half years of practice, and I was so appalled at how much more effective she was. I couldn't get my head around it. I had done so much con ed. I've been practicing techniques, you know, until the cows come home. I, I was pretty good with my hands and she was blowing me out of the water day in and day out. And worse yet, she made it look really easy. You know, like it, it seemed to be relatively effortless. And I began to realize that I had so much to learn and as I followed her and, and bless her heart, like the, the tolerance of my questioning, but began to realize that she was doing less better. That's what she was doing. And I remember one day she actually said to me after watching me do an email, she was like, man, Jeff, you do a lot of stuff poorly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she was so right. Like early on, I did so many things. There was so much enthusiasm behind it, but it was so lacking in clarity. And I think that we've tried to do over the years. And as I've developed some of this content now with the whole team is get rid of the nonsense in every, at every turn, get rid of the nonsense. Get rid of the dogma. Get rid of the stuff that was simply there because somebody wanted their name on it. Get rid of all of that. And what you're left with, if you can organize it properly, is a really clear clinical picture for you and the patient alike. And so I think that that approach leaves people thinking, man, maybe it wasn't so complex. Doesn't mean it's easy. It's not easy to be highly methodical. It's not easy to do less better, but it is not as complex and confusing as I once thought it was. Love that, man. So gentlemen, I want to switch gears one more time. Let's, let's bring it home with the fittest physio 
competition, yes. the inaugural. Yes. So Josh, Josh, you mind giving everybody a quick rundown and then we'll, we'll kind of get into the, our first sponsor. Yeah, we'll man. So yeah, this is, um, this is something you and I had kind of thrown out there a little while back and I'm not sure um, exactly how it came about. I think it was uh, mainly us leaderboarding on, in the open and looking to see where all of our buddies within the profession were, were falling on, in the open workouts. It's one of the cool things about the open and, and uh, you know, that worldwide leaderboard is you can kind of search people's names and see how they did on a workout. Everybody's posting their scores. And so we were, we were looking at it and we're like, man, there's some fit people that are, that are in this profession with us, man. And, and, and it may, it kind of sparked, uh, I don't remember exactly which one of us had the actual idea, but I'm like, man, it'd be cool if we had, kind of a a competition to kind of see who of the physios you know is going to bring it home the male and female winners and of course you being the big uh wrestling fan it was like oh man i'm getting a belt made and i mean we had a belt <laughs> we had a belt before we we really had a competition <laughs> so we had, we had that, that belt came in and we're like all right i guess this is happening so um you know, we, we were starting to explore ways to, to go about do this. How are we going to test this, right? And, and we love the, the CrossFit model. We love, uh, you know, there's so many different, um, you know, ways to assess fitness and that kind of thing. And, and so we were like, okay, well, um, I think the most feasible is kind of the way CrossFit does their age group qualifiers, which is, um, you know, it, only for individuals who are in the teen division or the master's division. And it is actually over a weekend and they release a set number of workouts. I think it's usually four um, and they give you four days. Um, and they kind of like, okay, you've got four days to do these four workouts. You're going to repeat one, you know, you do your thing, but at the end of these four days, you got to have them all done. And so like, Oh, well, with everybody's kind of schedule, uh, you know, you know, doing another thing like the open multiple weeks might be tough, but maybe we can carve out a weekend. That's kind of away from the open, you know, basically the, the opposite time of the year, you know, maybe we'll be able to make this work. So uh, we came up with um, our own version of that age group qualifier and it's going to be March 11th to March 16th. So it's actually five days. We have a little bit, you know, but because of that we're going to give five workouts. And so uh, it, what we're trying to do with it is test uh, a large uh, variety of things, the entire continuum of fitness. So you're going to have, we're already going to tell you, which is the open, you know, sometimes you don't always know if there's going to be say a max lift or something. We're going to have a maximal strength type event. We're also going to have a pretty long endurance type event. And then we're going to have some things in between. So we're going to have that classic CrossFit type of a vibe going on too. We're going to try to make it as inclusive as we can, meaning, you know, the skills that, you know, we, we hope a lot of people are able to do movements. We hope they're able to do, but also some of those higher skills probably will uh, show up a little bit. Cause you know, we love those things too. And we think that they're, uh, you know, a necessary component too, if we're trying to truly find the fittest person. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to have those five workouts, uh, you know, in, in March, but we're going to open registration this coming week, March 3rd or January 13th. And we're going to release that first workout sponsored by none other than Ice Physio. So um, we are so awesome to have uh, have Jeff and, and his guys and everybody uh, sponsoring this first workout because I think it does definitely really align well with you know your message and what we kind of are, are, are preaching with this too. So um, we're we're pumped, man! First workouts in, in Ice Workout. Yes. Dude, I'm jacked. I, I cannot tell you guys how behind this we are. You know, I mean, the, the hashtag be about it has been a part of ice now for so long, you know, and with gut check Thursday in trying to encourage physios to grab all the people around them and just do stuff that sucks, you know, that improves your cardiometabolic health, your overall physical and mental vigor. Like we are so behind this to have you guys step up 
and make a nationwide competition out of it and allow all of us to strive for it um, and, and to cheer everybody on. I, I, I've never been so behind something. Uh, well, man, World, we, worldwide. We, worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Worldwide, worldwide. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're opening it all up. Physios all, right. all over, man. We got um, some people from the UK. Yeah, we got the, the UK group. Yeah, no, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so much fun, man. And, and that's Great. kind of, you know, we know that's what you guys preach as we're preaching as we want to, we got to lead from the front. We got to, you know, show, you know, show everyone that this is, you know, not only what we're preaching, uh, you know, for them to do, but this is how we live our lives too. And it's only, you know, you know, when you can show it like that too, that buy-in from that patient's only, you know, only going to be better. So if we can, uh, you know, make sure that we're, we're, you know, keeping this as a big part of our own lives, I think it's going to help all of us. So uh, the first one, man, we are lucky enough, the winners of the first ice workout which will be released next week will actually the male and female yes. winners each get a chance to attend any ice course that they're choosing so uh, we are uh, you know so pumped for that and there's you know that's so, so generous of you jeff man we're so excited and i think it fits perfectly man because the person that's going to win it man that's you know this is the mindset they carry so it blends so well with what you guys are doing I, I love it man good on you guys I, I can't wait please tag us in everything especially early on so we can help pump that out there and thrilled to offer a course to to both the male and female winner um in that inaugural workout so we're jacked yeah it's gonna be awesome stay tuned next week so this episode is released um i hate dating episodes but it's going to be releasing this one on january 6th so january 13th next week if you're listening to this during that first week this comes out be stay tuned for that first workout release get registered uh we're excited to be working with friends of ours from the south carolina area uh local comp they do registration and scoring for so many competitions uh in the surrounding area and they've done some online competitions too so we're pumped to have them handling all that for us so it will be at localcomp.com so if you local comp that's where it will be but we'll all, of course be releasing the, the the link for that too get registered check out that workout and throw your hat in the ring man see if you're coming yes. for the belt maybe win an ice course maybe, i mean that's it's going to be awesome man yep i i know i'm not coming for that belt man but i'm going to have my hat in that ring <laughs> yes i love it and that's and that's the best part of it too man it's it's yeah winning winning's great right competition's awesome too but man it's gonna be so fun just throwing down with like-minded totally. people who are who are fighting the good fight and, and working to uh you know show the show the world that this is how this is how we're going to do it and this is how we're going to leave from the front but there's a belt there's a belt there <laughs> right. yeah who's, uh, who, who want to have that front and center in their clinic or the treatment right i mean for, yeah, forget the payoff no offense no offense jeff forget the payoff but <laughs> dude, no, dude that no. thing that thing's a conversation piece man you, you're nothing's going to give you more street cred with your patients than having that thing dude get out of here no offense taken i mean i i, I know a lot of folks say that we you shouldn't be putting your one rep max on, on instagram it's intimidating man do i ever not feel that way like when i fire it up and i see babcock throwing a small house over his head like yeah. Nothing makes me want to go to the gym more. And I think that's true for other people. I think excellence is inspiring. So, I mean, I'm so thankful for all of you who are as fitness forward as you are. I'm glad to be desperately trying to chase you. Yeah, dude, yeah, and that's that's going to be fun, man. There's already been some, I don't want to say trash talking, but some predictions out there. And, sure. and I, I got to be honest, man, the, the ICE crew has some really fit uh, individuals working for you. So, I mean, it's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be a battle. I mean, I, I mean, Mitch is an obvious uh, contender, um, but don't discount Christina Previtt. I, I mean, yeah, I, I've, oh, seen, sure. I've, seen, mm -hmm. I've seen her throw some iron around that um, certainly made me blush. So, so let, oh, let, yeah. let's get her in the ring as well. Yeah, no, that, that, you're right, man. It's going to be so much fun to kind of see yeah. that go down, the friendly banter that goes with it. Just, you know, uh, it we can't we can't believe it's actually turned you know, turned into this too when we first threw it out there when brandon ordered the belt it was kind of like well this is gonna happen so uh so it's it's gonna be so much fun so just yeah next week everybody show um reminder registration will open you can register all the way up until the event and it happens in march man five days in march gonna be the best five days well jeff man th thank you so much for, for sponsoring that workout and thank you for coming on this podcast i know you're an incredibly busy guy 
And I wish you just continued massive success as you build this empire. And before we sign off, would you mind telling the people where they can find you if they want to look you up? Yeah, before we sign off, do you mind if I ask a question? Oh, yes. for sure. Yeah, so I've got one for both of you. Oh, um, and, and, and Brandon, you're first, the elder statesman. Brandon, <laughs> I, I'm curious, man, what is your vision on what Vertex can do for the profession, do for the people that we serve? And has it changed from day one? I'm always curious about you know, how people who are leading these organizations who, I mean, you guys are making huge strides. You've got a great social media presence. You're doing this awesome stuff like Fitness Physio. Like you're creating noise, but in your heart of hearts, man, I mean, what are you really hoping you all can do? So uh, like, I know, I know that as goal setting, right, is, is a very important thing, right? You, you hear about it all the time in all spectrums where it's personal finance, personal growth, that kind of thing too. But you know, I got to say, man, I, I, I mean this in all sincerity. I'm kind of a goalless person in that regard. I, I literally, my, my goal is to take it one person one day at a time and try to be present, right? So that's how we grow in our business, right? It started out with just Jim and myself. And now we, you know, in just three short years, three and a half short years, we've grown to 13 therapists, uh, which we didn't expect, right? And that's been because what I feel is because of what we put into every person comes to the door, right? I think the product has spoken for itself when we have grown organically, right? Um, so bringing Josh on as a business partner, what he was able to bring to the table from the strength and conditioning and the business side of things further and to help us grow. You know, we, we think that our product is one of the best out there, right? So we want to be able to expand our footprint and, um, and, you know, just, just again, grow it organically. Right. And personally, I don't want to get too philosophical here, but no, you know, as I'm, I'm starting to just realize that it's, it's all about the journey, right? Because, you know, as soon as you set these benchmarks, right then you just, you get there, you climb that mountain, you go, what now? Right. But when you look back, it, it was the journey to steps along the way. That's, that's where the fun is, right? That's where the stories are. So I, I'm just trying to enjoy it and take it all in, man. One day at a time, one person at a time. I, I love that, man. And I mean, Brandon, I just want to say thanks. I try to, I try to take a second and do this when, when folks like you are out there who are creating opportunities for the next generation, because one of the most challenging parts of my career has been training people up. They're jacked about what they want to do, but they go out and the place they go to doesn't support it. So when people like you are creating places like Vertex that goes from three to 13, I mean, that is 13 people that now have a spot to grow and prosper in this rebranded fashion that wouldn't have been there if you weren't there. So, I mean, sincerely, man, just thanks for all the work and creating that home for individuals who want to do it right. Thanks, Jeff. That means a lot. Yeah, man, absolutely. All right, Josh. So oh, I got, I got, I got an easy one and I got a challenging one and I'm going to oh. put you on the spot on air. Um, okay. It's always hard to get a straight answer on the second one. So first one. Okay. What, what are you surprisingly optimistic about in our profession? So you're kind of getting rolling right now. Yeah. I'm sure you, you came to school and you had some ideas. You, you, there were some areas you thought that you could contribute some value. You saw some opportunities. What, what have you looked at in the past year or two as you've grown to this point in launching your career? What opportunities do you see that you did not see when you were signing up to be a student, your initial plan? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. I think the first part is the true ability I'm going to get to have and, and already getting to start to have to where I get to blend more of the strength conditioning background I have than I expected. Um, I think the, you know, you go in, you see some of the traditional model. I, again, I am a little bit biased in, in that I got to see Vertex when it started as I was applying to PT school. So I had an idea of what really could be there, but I'd also been in more typical physical therapy types of settings. And so I kind of had an idea of what I was going to, you know, going to get into and, and how my skill set might fit within that. 
that. And then I've been pleasantly surprised in part because there are places, as you mentioned, the way, the way that, that Vertex and the way that Onward, way that some of these clinics are, are basically fostering environments for their clinicians to use that skill set. So I'm, I'm, excited to be able to really take that extensive background in, in programming and training and coaching and being able to use that to, like you mentioned, focus more on the general health side of things, not just their specific health side of things when they come in for a specific ailment. Um, because, um, you know, <clears throat> that's, you know, I've had, you know, this is my, my first official week treating this past week, which was awesome. It was so much fun. Totally not nervous at all the whole time. But um, as we, you know, as we're going through it too, it's like, you know, having, you know, you know, t people with, you know, tendinopathies or, you know, this strain or that hurts or whatever it is. And, and, you know, the number of people I had on the bike, the number of people that I was talking about sleep, the number of people in which I was already talking about, you know, the diet changes that are the lifestyle changes that were going to affect directly affect, you know, what they had going on. Um, I didn't know how well I was going to be able to to implement that and so it's been so much fun to to already start to to do that um and i think it's really going to you know let me enjoy every single hour that i get to go to work because i get to take these two two passions that i've had and i'm getting to actually do it um all together in real life it's kind of almost sur a surreal feeling so uh, I'm, I'm just optimistic that i get to i get to you know play coach still um you know i think that that's that's going to be awesome I love it. I love it. Good, man. And I, I got, I got to finish with a hardball. I mean, <laughs> All right. We got, we got, we got to shape you early on. So, okay. so you said some really nice things about the course and I, I deeply appreciate that. I'm proud of the product, but what one thing could have been better? So from, from my perspective, you know, as you walked away from that course, you know, what were you thinking? I wish I would have seen a bit more of this, or I wish there was a bit too much of that. You know, what could I have done with that class to have made it a better product? Oh man, um, honestly, I don't. I, I don't. Nothing jumps out immediately, right? I'd have to really start nitpicking, and I don't just, just say, say that because you're on it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snacks. I know. I know. Uh, you know, we love we love our donuts around with Krispy Kreme. Alan gives. There's. We put up one picture of donuts, and and I feel like every single time Alan says something about donuts. But um, oh, I've, yeah, seen, I've seen Alan on the Grammy donuts too. It's well done. But uh, no, I mean, that'd take the easy way out. Just uh, donuts at the course. But um, no, uh, honestly, man, I. I I, it's hard for me to pick one thing because I did appreciate that it was uh, more than just the techniques. And, um, you know, I feel, I, you know, I felt strongly that the technique stuff went well. I think um, I'm trying to think, you know, something that like really specific stood out that was, I, I felt different. I think, most of the times it seems like you've probably gotten good feedback and answered it because there were opportunities to, to video if we needed to, there was opportunity, you know, a lot of time to ask questions. The breaks were appropriate, you know, the little things I would think of. Um, Man, I don't know. Um, do I can I can I call a rain check and, and uh, figure out something and, and send you an email? Because <laughs> it really it really does. I'm not just saying that because you're on here though. It really was a, a, a well-rounded course that was so much more than just you know techniques and so much more than just um, talking about specific pathologies or specific interventions for specific things. Um, I, I, I appreciated the symptom behavior discussion in the beginning all the way through to the end where you had some uh, a little bit more of uh, how to you know put this into a full you know holistic approach where you're not just treating what they're you know in there for in this case you know a cervical ailment um so i appreciate that too um i think that for me maybe even uh you know even more on the headache stuff um it was already good there was a lot of headache stuff differentiating stuff but since that's something you know i'm i'm really excited to get to treat i haven't had my first one Corey got one i didn't get one this week so um i was um, a little jealous that Corey got the headache that came in this week. Um, <laughs> but um so um i think yeah even more on the headache stuff too uh, i think would be beneficial um just because i think that's somewhere we can make such an impact um and 
I think the the stuff on the ridiculopathy, the the process by which you go was great. I think um, you know, I know it's hard to talk about everything, but could expand on that even further, maybe. Um, Very cool. You know, most of it, man. I really I did appreciate the structure of it and and how professional it was, and and the the content, of course, was was top notch. No, that's great. I mean, I appreciate both those areas can be expanded a lot. I mean, I think physios aren't capitalizing on headaches the way that we can. And I think we're certainly not treating radics all the way out the way that we should. So I, I think you're right. Those are two areas that can be beefed up um, and would never hurt to, to add that to the course. So good, man. I appreciate that. If you think about it, I just always want to give the consumers and the listeners a balanced view. So if you think of other things on later podcasts and you want to say, you know, the one thing that really sucked about Jeff's course was this. I'll go ahead and fire that out there. <laughs> yeah. No, I really, again, I, I think it was, uh, you know, I can't speak highly enough of it enough. I'm going to be, uh, you know, taking a lumbar course here, here soon. You know, that's, a, you know, at least a, the plan, um, you know, so I'll be, you know, you'll see me in another one. You can't get rid of me yet, um, Love- but <laughs> Good, man. it's going to cool, be fun. Man. Appreciate that. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much. Always, always fun to be able to pepper you guys with a few questions at the end. Yeah, man. So uh, back to what Brandon, you know, what Brandon was mentioning is where, where's the easiest way that they can find you and all the thing, the cool things y'all are doing. Yeah, man, for sure. So the website is ptonice.com. Um, so you can head there. All of our, our, our whole world lives there. So all of our courses, you can see that certification track. Um, you can see I mean, our, our, everything from our apparel is on there. Um, we've got videos on all of our courses, little snippets about what they're about and the kind of value you can come away with if you're trying to figure out where you should kind of engage and start to begin with. Um, so all of those things um, are all on the course website, obviously uh, on Spotify, on iTunes, on all the different platforms, on YouTube, you can find the podcast. Um, so the PT on ice daily show, um, lives everywhere now. Um, it, it's every, I think we're the only, uh, PT oriented daily show. Um, and we fire up every weekday morning, 8 30 AM Eastern. Uh, one of us from the faculty jumps on there and talks about new research or new techniques or, or new thoughts, you know, leadership on um, podcasts on Thursdays that, that Alan and I tend to do. So, um, that goes on every weekday. Um, so jump onto your favorite streaming platform and you can grab all of that stuff. It's always fun when you hop on live. Cause then we can have back and forth while you're on there. Folks are always saying what's up and, and throwing different questions on there. So it's always kind of fun. So yeah, man, ptonice.com for the courses, um, anywhere. If you want to get more info on South college, you had mentioned that some folks might be kind of in that decision phase. Um, if you want to get more info on that, you can fire me an email at jeffmoredpt at gmail.com or shoot me a call. It's 303-359-3597, my cell phone number. So if you ever want to chat about those things, um, don't, don't hesitate to, to hit me up there as well. Who gave us phone number? Oh man, man. that's, yeah, man. that's yeah. accessibility yeah, right there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of you, I want to thank all of our listeners for turning tuning in each week. We appreciate all the follows, shout outs on social media reviews, all that stuff. We love you guys. Uh, Fitness Physio registration coming at you January 13th, along with the first workout. Be on the lookout. It's going to be all over the gram. We'll put it in the show notes. Man. Have a great week. We'll be back next Monday. And one last thing, if you like the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram, at Better Faster Podcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at VertexPT and at VertexStrength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.